You're listening to All About Agriculture with Rory Lewandowski, presented by OSU Extension in Wayne County, Ohio. And welcome back here on Worcester Radio, behind-the-scenes interview time, Agriculture edition as we are joined several times a month by our friend from the OSU Extension office here in Wayne County, Rory Lewandowski, who talks all things agriculture. Rory, as always, good morning and happy to have you in here today. Glad to be here, Ron. Thanks. We are going to be talking today about milk production costs and feed cost management. Uh, Class 3 milk futures continue to hover sub $15 per hundredweight levels, uh, which signals the continuation of tough economic conditions for our area dairy farmers. So, Rory, what do we know about average cost of milk production? Are there some expenses that account for a more significant share of that milk production cost that maybe some people aren't thinking about? Sure. Well, in a November uh, 1st Dairy Excel column in the Farm and Dairy publication, Diane Shoemaker, uh, OSU Extension Dairy Production Economics Field Specialist, reported on cost of milk production and some of the expenses that are involved in milk production. That was based on a summary of the 2017 OSU Farm Business Analysis Program. Uh, That report summary included both the direct or variable expenses and some of the overhead or fixed expenses for the average of all Ohio dairy farms in in that program, and then compared that to the high 20% of farms. And what that found... Well, go ahead if you have a question. No, you go ahead, Rory. Okay. Uh, Well, the cost of production per hundredweight uh, average across all farms was $18.73 per hundredweight. That included both direct and overhead costs. Now, for the high 20% of farms, that cost of production was was lower. It was $17.69 per hundredweight. But again, remember uh, your opening comments there, Ron. Our our futures prices are at the sub $15 per hundredweight level. So our cost of productions are fairly significantly above that. Now, for the high... Uh, 20% of farms, again, that cost was a little bit lower, but uh, still above that $15 uh, price that we're getting currently. Feed, labor, depreciation, and supplies were the top four expenses across all farms, as well as for those high 20% of farms. Okay, Rory, with those top four expenses then, being feed, labor, um, depreciation, and supplies, are there significant differences between... The all-farm average, and as you mentioned, the top 20% of the farms. And and are there any take-home messages about expense management then to kind of piggyback on that? Sure. Uh, well, by far, the top expense in, in milk production is feed cost. And again, that's uh, whether that was the average across all farms or whether that uh, high 20% of farms. Uh, across all farms, feed averaged about 51.2% of the total cost in milk production, so very significant. Now, interestingly, on the high 20% of farms, feed averaged actually just a little bit higher, 52.7% of the total cost of milk production. So no big savings between you know, the farms average and, and those farms doing a little bit better. Now, the next, high co- next highest cost of milk production is labor at about 13% for the all-farm average. And here we see a little bit of a decrease, 9% for the high 20% farms. Supplies then came in at 4.4% of the total cost of milk production for both the high 20% of farms as well as the average across all farms. And depreciation at 7% was actually higher on the high 20% of farms as compared to 4% average for all farms. So I think uh, probably the take-home message is that feed cost 
uh, because they make up such an overwhelmingly large percentage of the cost of milk production, uh, if you're going to look for some opportunities, that might offer some opportunities for cost savings. Rory, I noticed you used the phrase, and, and I'll use my air quotes here, might offer some opportunities. What are the cautions implied in that phrase, might offer some opportunities, and, and what could be so, you know, some more opportunities to manage feed costs that you have to look at? Yeah, well, I think it's an area you have to be careful about uh, because the caution is not just to ca- go out there and cut feed costs for the sake of, of cutting costs. You have to recognize that any cuts in feed costs have to be balanced against the health and production of the cow. So just to go out and cut feed costs and then see a corresponding decrease in milk production or uh, you get more health problems and vet bills, uh, that's not really going to end up saving you anything. So short-term cost cutting uh, you know, could result in some long-term and, and potentially expensive consequences because of inadequate nutrition. So profitability, or in some cases, the the least amount of loss, is really achieved by feeding for increased production without increasing feed cost. Now, there was a February 2018 Progressive Dairyman article. It listed some things to actually consider regarding feed rations during times of of low milk prices and things that uh, we could maybe take a closer look at. That list included maximizing the use of high-quality farm-grown forages and grains to reduce your purchase feed cost. Uh, include affordable byproduct feeds, so you're going to have to be doing some cost comparisons as you adjust your rations, but you also need to monitor to assure consistent quality and nutrient content. So evaluate the use of feed additives. Uh, Sometimes those feed additives, you know, they made sense with high milk prices, uh, but now they're not going to maybe offer the same type of economic return when we're at a $15 milk uh, price. So consider multiple uh, TMR mixes uh, for different stages of lactation. And then finally, think about how you can minimize feed shrink. Once again, joining us in studio today from the OSU Extension Office, Rory Levandusky, talking milk production cost and feed cost management. You know, Rory, that seems to be a good list of practices that could potentially reduce some feed cost without, on the flip side, adversely affecting production. We've talked about forage quality on past programs, but uh, talk and give us more details about a couple of other practices mentioned on the list. You know, minimize feed shrink was on the list. What is feed shrink specifically for folks out there who might not understand that? And also, what are some ways to minimize it to then reduce your feed cost? Yeah. Well, Ron, I think that's that's a good question because uh, feed shrink, you're right, isn't something that it's commonly talked about. Uh, yet it's something that all livestock operations, uh, and not only dairy in this case, uh, but all livestock operations need to be aware of. So simply stated, uh, feed shrink is, is wasted feed. Uh, it's feed that was produced or purchased, but it never actually makes it to the point where it gets consumed by the animal. So losses from feed shrink happen in a number of different ways, and uh, it really takes close observation, attention to detail, and maybe record keeping to help identify where those losses are occurring. So once identified, there may be opportunities to then change or improve management practices to reduce those feed shrink uh, areas. So, for example, some potential areas of feed shrink uh, could include harvest losses in the field. Uh, So maybe you need to, you know, again, take a look at your practices and and tighten some of those up. Uh, Dry matter losses from poorly stored silage and or hay. Uh, What can we do in that storage to cut down on those losses? Uh, wind blowing feed. Uh, we don't think about it, but again, feed exposed. We get these days of high wind. We see things blowing around. It's gone. 
especially around some of those commodity storage bins. Are there ways to, again, reduce that, those wind loss? Uh, think about feed that might be spilled and driven over during feed mixing or inaccurate feed mixing or broken, punctured, or maybe torn bags of silage or baleage that then lead to increased waste. Uh, sometimes it's excessive overfeeding or maybe high amounts of feed refusals or even feed losses to birds on some farms. All that can account for feed shrink. Consider multiple TMR mixes for different stages of lactation was also on your list, Rory. Can you explain how that practice might help reduce feed cost as well? Sure. Well, again, with our current uh, milk prices, again, at, at those low levels, profit margins really, they're, they're low to, you know, really non-existent. Uh, so if a farm is providing only one TMR mix for the entire dairy herd, uh, that means that typically you're going to balance that ration to meet the nutri- nutritional requirements of your early lactation cows, those, those high producers. Uh, so while there may be some labor savings to only mixing and feeding one TMR ration, that ration that's balanced for those early lactation cows, it tends to be high or excessive in terms of feed cost and, and nutrient requirements when we look at mid and late lactation cows. They're, they're getting uh, feed ingredients they don't need. They're getting levels they don't need. So again, that's, that's a, a cost that's incurred there. So savings then could be a, achieved by grouping mid and late lactation cows separately and formulating TMR rations for their nutrient requirements. Rory, obviously it's a very important thing when you're talking about uh, ways to save money uh, and in, in, you know, increase your profit. Are there other feed management practices or decisions uh, that we haven't talked about that could potentially lower the cost of milk production and or improve the chance of profitability? Yeah. Well, Ron, I, I mean, obviously, there's no easy answers. Uh, if there were, you know, people would be doing it. But uh, maybe, you know, some things to think about. In the September 2018 University of Kentucky Dairy Notes article that was entitled Feeding Decisions and Management that Can Impact Your Dairy's Bottom Line, uh, Extension Dairy Specialist Donna Amaral Phillips outlined several areas of consideration. One of those was to take care of those early lactation cows. Again, those are your high production cows. Uh, you know, those are the cows. If anyone's making money in the herd, it's those cows. So early lactation cows, again, generally the most profitable cows in the dairy operation because they have the highest efficiency of converting feed into milk. So the focus really needs to be on getting this group of cows to milk to their potential and maintain a high production level. So that goes back again to a well-balanced ration. Uh, moreover, it's uh, really in that early lactation cow ration that some of those higher feed costs, those additives and ingredients can provide a positive return on investment that you're not going to get with a later lactation cow. So again, going back to maybe separate TMR mixes, but putting those better ingredients in for that early lactation group. Uh, additionally, if the decline from peak milk production could be slowed, uh, there's an increased opportunity for a profit there. Uh, in a July 2018 Progressive Dairyman article, Uh, The author included a graph that showed two groups of cows that peaked at 120 pounds of milk per day. One group declined from that peak at an average of about 8% per month, which is typical for most of our second and third lactation cows. But now the other group uh, declined at at 6% per month, so just a couple percentage difference. But at $15 per hundredweight milk, that 2% difference in peak milk decline it amounted to an extra $400 per cow. So again, it's, it's, it's little things uh, that we might be able to uh, tweak in an operation. Rory, any final management practices in addition to 
to simply good ration development that can help early lactation cows maybe perform better? Well, yes. I mean, there are some things we've talked about before in this program, uh, including things like uh, making sure those cows have adequate bunk space so that they can eat when they, they need to and, and not uh, get bullied by other cows. Make sure that there's frequent feed delivery and feed push-ups. Uh, make sure there's adequate stall space and, and comfort for resting. Dairy cows really need to spend a, a good amount of time resting, so they've got to have access to that. And, of course, as always, access to clean, cool water. Well, Rory, as always, you covered a lot of stuff today. If, if somebody wants to find out more information about today's topic, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, they can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. Once again, our guest in studio today from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County, Rory Lewandowski. More on the way. Hope you'll stay tuned here on Worcester Radio. Once again, you've been listening to Behind the Scenes here on 104.5 WQKT and AM 960 WKVX. I'm your host, Ron Hamilton. Again, stay tuned. More to come after this.